um, pregnancy and the postpartum experience, you know, it'll, it'll kind of bring you up and it'll bring you down. And, and that continues as your children age. And so you have to have a lot of grace and you have to continually allow the concept of adventure to evolve. You know, don't be obtuse in terms of like, oh, that wasn't cool enough. That wasn't hardcore enough. I didn't get the right pictures. I didn't have the right equipment. You know, it's like, just, just get out there in whatever way feels joyful to you at that time. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up? And welcome to episode 54 of Life in Motion. I've got Justin Nobby on the line, who is a co-founder of Adventure Mamas Initiative, a nonprofit all about the promotion of maternal wellness. I'm excited to learn how they're using the adventure lifestyle to uh, sort of redefine motherhood while supporting their community of mothers. Um, But with that being said, Justine, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm super excited, um, especially about kind of this this unique perspective that I think you all have. But before we get into Adventure Mamas and kind of everything that you're all about, let's kind of set the stage of, of who you are. Um, you know, where did it all start uh, kind of as far as different adventures, hobbies you had growing up and sort of how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I grew up in the Midwest in this like small town in Indiana, Southeastern Indiana. Okay. And the adventure outdoor scene was literally non-existent and at least in terms of like what you think of when you imagine the outdoor uh outdoor community so you know there was a lot of like uh frolicking in creeks and playing around the cornfields and things like that (laughs) i i literally growing up had no idea that people pursued this in a more systematic uh recreational way um and then when I was in college, I, you know, through, I have a degree in literature and like, so somehow like through some reading, I, I started to become exposed to this thing. And there was this, there was this one kid in one of my classes, he was a rock climber climber. And I didn't even, I literally like, I'm like, wait, this is a thing. Rock climbing is a thing. <laughs> and I became obsessed. And so, you know, like kind of just started like doing some research and became determined that, you know, despite feeling like I was really late to the game, I was going to make this my life. So I kind of quickly, you know, pivoted my, uh, you know, both my professional life, my academic life, my personal life to get me oriented to be outdoors. So um, yeah, you know, and since then, the first thing, you know, the the first adventure I really ever went on, it wasn't like I was like, I'm going to go for a hike or like, I'm going to go for an overnight backpacking trip. It was, I'm going to go cycle down the California coast. I guess I'll buy a bicycle tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was just like this really random, like this has to happen now, uh, you know, which I think a lot of people can relate to um, when you're early into the scene. It's so exciting. And the uh, opportunities kind of feel like infinite and endless and you have to dive in, you know, head in, you know, entirely immediately so yeah it was definitely one of those where I just immediately became infatuated so playing playing a little little catch-up going all in like that but (laughs) yeah exactly exactly so so then to that point kind of growing up you know you mentioned you know kind of playing around in creeks and cornfields and all that kind of stuff so was it I, I guess it doesn't sound like there's really too much too much interest I guess to say at that point 
in the outdoors. And that really started by that, that one student in there that kind of was in the rock climbing scene. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, just, just totally outside of my periphery. I had, I had no idea that that was a thing kind of comically, you know? <laughs> so, so what was, and, and so that kind of is kind of interesting. Um, cause a, a lot of people that I chat with, you know, they, they're, they're, parents had some kind of background and they were kind of born into it that way, one way or the other. Um, and it sounds like it was a little bit different with you. So with not necessarily having that initial background and then kind of getting like the, the real introduction of, Hey, this is like a thing in college. What, what, was there something like specific about that lifestyle that, that drew you to that? Yeah. You know, that uh, that's a good question. And it's not like I've reflected, I don't know that I've ever reflected on like, what was it that drew me in? I, I suppose if anything, it would be the sense of freedom, the, the sense of living outside of, uh, of societal norms of, of doing things that uh, don't have purpose economic purpose but they're soulful and it was like oh my god I just I need that I, I need that in my life um so yeah you know it's like I yeah I, again I'm like I, I haven't really thought about it but I think you know like that's probably what drew me in just knowing that I, I wanted something more than what was currently being presented to me or what I had currently you know what I was currently working towards yeah. So, so almost a, like a, a sense of fulfillment in that way. And I'm sure it, it probably helped. Um, you, you mentioned kind of the freedom aspect of it. I'm, I'm sure that probably helped give you, uh, I guess, more or less an, an outlet with, you know, the day to day, whether it be work or college or whatever is probably a different kind of, okay, I, hit, I go out there, hit the reset button and, and kind of clear my mind. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, now you said the first big um, trip or adventure, if you will, you said was was biking on the California coast. What what was that all about? <laughs> well, how, how, so how, I guess one, how how did that idea come up, and then uh -huh. like what was it like? You know, if if you said you kind of just jumped all and went all into it, so how how did you kind of approach that from not necessarily having that that background or that know how? Yeah, that, so I mean, I guess you know, first of all. Th that anecdote is very representative of my entire life. It's just very much like, okay, I, I've decided this. And so now I'm going to do it tomorrow. Um, and so, you know, at the time I was working as a personal trainer and I was working with this client and she was a girl just a little bit older than I was. And she had no cycling experience and, and on a whim, you know, more so on a whim, she and her boyfriend at the time and another friend and his dog all decided that they were going to bike across the country. And I don't know exactly like what her exigency was. I don't know why she decided it, but you know, so then as I was working with, with her in the gym, she's telling me about this and I was just like blown away. I'm like, like really people do that. You literally got on a bicycle and you rode across the country. And, and <laughs> just like, you know, one of those experiences that you can pinpoint your, like the, the broadening of your horizon in a very, very literal way. Like, 
literally mind blown. Like that's a thing people do. And, you know, come to find out like, oh, a lot of people do it. A lot of people do that. Um, so, you know, hearing about her trip was definitely, and then also that compounding, like, oh my God, there's this rock climber kid that is in my one literature class. Um, and then I was, you know, you know, I think I was reading like some John Krakauer literature and I'm, you know, all of these things compounding and just hitting me full force. So yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm going to do that. And I'm, I, I'm not going to overthink it. I'm just going to do it. And I didn't even, I owned, I owned like, you know, like some sort of like junkie bike that I commuted to and from campus. Um, and, and I was always like an avid, you know, commuter. I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to ride my bike across, uh, you know, across the California Pacific coast. So my, my boyfriend at the time, now my husband and I, uh, we invited one other friend to join us. And <laughs> we, we literally, I, I bought a bike. He bought a bike. We bought some panniers. Uh, we worked factory jobs all summer long. And then, you know, when it came time, we flew to California. We had a concept for where we were going to go, but <laughs> we showed up in California without a map. Uh, the, the guy <laughs> we were cycling with, he's like, guys, don't you think we need a map? Like, well, we can keep the ocean on our right. I think we're fine. <laughs> well, we finally bought a map and uh, it was, it was such a, an amazing experience. I think many of us look back on, you know, those early adventures, um, especially fondly because there was fondly because there was such novelty to it, you know, yeah. like, and we were poor as, I don't know. We were, we were, am I allowed to cuss? I won't cuss unless I'm supposed to cuss. You feel free to express yourself. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> we were poor as shit. Uh, and you know, we were like these poor college kids sleeping on park benches and like in bushes and just cycling our way down the coast. It was, it was, uh, fantastic. That's so did you start north and go down or south and go up or what is like the which way did you go? We started north. So okay, we went from San Francisco all the way down to San Diego. So not the entire coast. So uh, I don't stretch, even remember. Yeah. Yeah, it was maybe like 500 miles or something like that. Nothing. <laughs> it's like easy. Longest, <laughs> you know, it was uh, my my biggest stint of anything up until that point so yeah it was it was great that's so so that and and how many days was that I think we did it in about two weeks or so okay yeah so what like to that point I mean you know that's sort of and I've talked to to different people that have done like long hikes like the Appalachian Trail and that kind of stuff and I always kind of find it interesting you know that kind of commitment um for for these longer duration things like you said you're you're kind of you're you're roughing it on all along the trip as well um and so it's always interesting to me to hear people that follow through with kind of that initial plan and then also but i feel like it also gives you time to even learn more about yourself like being able to make that commitment to yourself and kind of living so minimally and 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 roughing it that way is there anything like surprising that that you learned along the way obviously you learned that you're you said you're now husband right so uh that you all get along well on the road even if it's <laughs> 500 miles on a bike <laughs> uh-huh yep 10 years later. Um, oh man, we learned, I learned a lot that, that experience in a very literal way changed the trajectory of my life. And of course, you know, I've already said like there were these experiences that were starting, you know, and, and the, this, the, this beta that was kind of starting to, uh, to come to me, but that, that, that experience uniquely changed my life. And I think uh, what it taught me is that 
as a girl, as a, as, as a girl from the Midwest with no background in the outdoor community with very minimal means coming from a background of very minimal means, um, things and experiences that feel out of reach and feel like they don't belong to me. Like I shouldn't have, I don't have access to them because of whatever situation, whether it's lack of experience, lack, lack of means, lack of equipment. Um, the difference between people who pursue those opportunities and don't is, is literally just like uh, choosing to solve the problems as they come. You either choose to confront the problems and find solutions or you don't have the experience. It's not like I'm some sort of special athlete by any stretch of the imagination. It's not like I am any different than anyone else walking down the street. It was just I heard about these people doing these things and instead of saying it doesn't belong to me, it's not for me, I just confronted every problem as it came up. And then I think that, again, that, that, that set me on a certain path, you know, to this day is just saying like, okay, I can do this. I will do this. I will solve the problems as they come, whatever they may be. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Kind of just rolling with whatever's thrown at you and figuring it out, which obviously translates to, uh, to about all of life as well. So, so, so after that, trip what I guess what are, are there a couple other things or I, I guess what happened after that trip to kind of spiral uh, obviously that was a big jumping off point I guess is what I'm saying so so are there any any special trips or anything like that that kind of happened after that to kind of continue that growth and kind of like I said kind of get to where you're at now oh man um too many <laughs> yeah you know it's, a, it's such an interesting thing I think so after that experience after like this really like intensive immersive experience of like all right this is where I'm going um I graduated college a year later and um got married to my now husband the, the same guy I cycled with uh and and so we started on that path together being like okay well now what now what and it, it's interesting because then I went through a really insecure phase. And I think, again, maybe other people can relate to that of being like, oh, man, is this my community? Is this, I, I don't know if I fit in. I don't know if I belong. Are they going to accept me? And you you feel this need to be like, this is who I am. And I'm going to reach really hard to make sure everybody knows. And it was this really insecure period. And I vividly remember that. And so, you know, just my my way of combating that was like, I'm just going to do everything. So. <laughs> I really wanted to rock climb. I, I, that was like my big thing. And, and getting into rock climbing, it's a real, um, it's a, it, it, I don't know if you have any experience, but it's um, a very technical endeavor. There's, uh, it, it's technical and it's very safety. You know, like there are actual hazards and risks that you oh, have yeah. to manage. And I can just remember going to the local park and like my husband are like hiding in the background and like we found like some rocks and just like walking around barefoot and be like, we're going to rock climb. I felt like a seven-year-old, like just scrambling around on these boulders <laughs> barefoot, just being so desperate to do this activity until we finally like mustered up the funds and the courage to be like, okay, we're going to go to the climbing shop and we're going to buy some rock climbing shoes and it's going to be epic. And we did. And, and, and then shortly thereafter, I actually started working at the gear shop oh, and that wow. was fantastic. Cause yeah, yeah. It kind of allowed me to pivot into the industry in a more professional way and kind of get my bearings and, and be connecting with people who, um, who, who had been involved in the scene longer and could help integrate me as well. So yeah, I did that for a while and that just catapulted into 
backpacking and a lot more rock climbing and then a lot more bigger rock climbing and, you know, a little bit more cycling. And uh, finally, we, we moved out to Utah in, let's see here, 2011, I think it was. And that, that, at that point, I started working as an adventure therapy guide. Um, so really able to kind of like live that dirtbag lifestyle that I had been dreaming about. So we would work on trail for eight days and then be off for six days. And, uh, it allowed me just to travel and play and, um, just fully immerse myself in the outdoor community. So that was, that was a great time as well. That's, and, and what exactly is adventure therapy? Yeah, it's a big thing out here in Utah, especially. So essentially, uh, kids from a variety of backgrounds and for a variety of reasons um, get enrolled into our programming. Maybe they have a substance abuse issue. Maybe they struggle with severe anxiety or depression or eating disorders. Um, and, and, and so they become enrolled in our program. And ours was unique. I worked for a program called Aspiro. And we actually uh we did a variety of activities. A lot of the ones you hear about, they're all wilderness based. Like they're in the same wilderness setting the entire, maybe six to eight weeks or eight to 12 weeks that they're in their program. And they just backpack and do primitive skills like light fires or uh, build shelters, things like that. Um, for, for our program specifically, we traveled all around the state of Utah. So we would like ski at Sundance and we would rock climb in St. George and we would backpack in the Uinta Mountains. So we did a little bit of everything. Um, and, and, and I worked with the young women in that group. And so we would, uh, you know, I essentially just spent my time, you know, helping them have these powerful experiences and having powerful experiences alongside them and kind of working through their own personal, you know, through their own personal journey. Oh, that's that sounds super interest or uh, like a super um, great a great opportunity I should say for for that and, and it's cool I've, I don't think I've ever heard of anything uh, any programs like that that is more or less as intensive um, but it's cool to be able to use the kind of the power of the outdoors and kind of get back to to kind of help with those situations so that's really cool hearing that. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was another one of those experiences similar to that initial, uh, bike trip that I had done in California. It was another one of those experiences that just completely changed my orientation and changed the way that I lived my life and pursued, uh, you know, endeavors thereafter. That's awesome. So, so then at, at one so, so you do that kind of live sort of your dream job there. And then I guess slowly to, to transition into adventure mama's initiative. When, uh, when did you have your first little ones? This is sort of what it's about. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, okay. So I, I finished guiding in the fall of 2014 and I had essentially like kind of made a personal agreement and my husband and I were like, okay, I think we're going to, we're going to try this whole, like have a family thing. Um, but before I do, I want to go on a big adventure because, you know, in my head at that time, I, I still, and I, I still was very much under the impression that like, okay, when I have a baby, that's kind of the end of it for me in terms of like that really like those intensive outdoor adventurous experiences. Um, so I was like, I'm going to do one last big trip. 
So I was like, I'm going to call this my home tour. So I decided I was going to do this big bike tour from Utah and I was going to hit up every major, you know, place throughout the state that meant something to me and that I kind of felt home within my heart. And then I was going to continue east through Kansas City where my husband and I had lived for a little while all the way back to our hometown in Indiana. So I was like, okay, I'm going to spend a couple months and I'm just going to cycle and, you know, hang out and do all this fun stuff for me before I, you know, change my life to have children. So I spent a couple months doing that. And, um, that was obviously, uh, incredible. And I'm really happy that I I took that time to do that because it, it was, um, just, I, I, I love to travel solo, you know, and it was one of the bigger solo trips that I've ever done. So, you know, it was just so much time to reflect on, okay, you know, who am I? What am I doing? Where am I going? If I'm going to do this whole motherhood thing, what do I want it to look like? But it's funny because even though I'm out on this big trip, I was still sort of under the impression, this sort of like old school notion, well, okay, this is about to be over. And so then, you know, I got back from my trip and, you know, my husband, and I'm like, okay, we're going to start a family. And then we, and so we did. And I had, you know, just a pretty basic pregnancy. I, I stayed active. I did a lot of cycling, nothing major though. And then um, my son was born <laughs> and, and my husband and I up until then being the Midwesterners that we are like, well, I'll stay, you know, of course, mom, I'm going to stay home with the baby. And I kind of been planning that all my life, all my life. I've been like, you know, that's, uh, that's what I'll do. I'll just, you know, stay home with the babies and I'm that, that that's fine. And like within like two or three weeks, I was like, so this isn't going to work. Oh, anybody just stays home. I mean, I do now, of course, you know, we love our kids and, and it's a beautiful opportunity but I knew that I was also going to have to come up with something to uh, compliment <laughs> my, my staying home with my, with my newborn son who was born in October of 2015. Um, yeah. So that was kind of my, my transition, uh, you know, from guiding and this sort of like heavy outdoor lifestyle to, to motherhood and, 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 you know, what comes next. That's cool. So, so a little side note, kind of a, a pers- personal story to that. So, um, my wife and I kind of had that same mindset that you just said, okay, we're going to have this one last big trip or whatever, you know, before, before we, you know, start thinking about settling out and having a family mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So, uh, we, we planned, uh, I think it was like a 21 day trip, uh, through Europe, through different countries and cities and kind of backpacking wow. more or less, um, which is really fun. Uh, and then in Budapest, um, is when, uh, we found out that she was pregnant, um, <laughs> which is, we were staying in a place like below us was a local farm, was a pharmacy below the, or the, below the apartment that we're at. Um, and you know, we had to read it in, in Hungarian. It's like, yeah, that's, that still means uh positive. <laughs> so <laughs> they finished, finished off the rest of the trip. Obviously she was super early in that, but finished off the rest of the trip going through Italy and then, um, doing some hiking and stuff in Iceland. Um, so that was, so, so yeah, I understand kind of that last or the mindset, I guess I should say of that kind of that last, that last, uh, trip and, you know, not really knowing how, how you're going to, um, uh, in, incorporate that, you know, when you have a little one and, and doing those trips. Mm-hmm. So, so, but with that, so, so, you know, a, a couple months in, you're like, okay, I, I got to get out. I got to do stuff. So did you, did you start like just uh, uh, taking, you know, going out on little hikes and that kind of stuff. Or like, how did you kind of transition out of the, the standard stay at home role? I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
You know, so at the time, I didn't have any local girlfriends who had kids. I had uh, back in Indiana, of course, you know, everybody was on like their fourth kid by the time I was on the third. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it's just a different cultural experience. Not really, not the fourth, but they all had babies. Um, but, but locally, like all my guide friends, none of them had kids. And uh, so I was kind of like, I don't know how to do this. And so I decided to start a meetup group. <laughs> I was like, okay, there has to be other women out there um, who want to, first of all, get outside with their kids, right? Um, because that's, that's, that's important. But second of all, and maybe this is, I mean, I'm not going to say, it, I don't think it's a bad thing. It was what I needed, but wanted to get outside for themselves as well. I want to take yeah. my kids out, but I want to continue to set goals. I want to continue to push my own limits. Um, and, and so, yeah, it was kind of like this interesting thing where I did a bunch of research. I couldn't find a collective of women who had children who were still pursuing nature for themselves and in any capacity. So I, I, yeah, I started this meetup group. I think at the time it was called like Wasatch Adventure Mamas or something like Ma Adventure Mamas of the Wasatch. I, I'd have to look it up. Uh, yeah. So, and, and then I'm like telling my one girlfriend who's back in Indiana, she had had her first kid earlier that year and she and I had done a lot of trekking together and, uh, you know, just, we, we've been friends all our lives and it's like, okay, you know what? I started this meetup group because I'm like a dork and I need friends out here. And she's like, I love it. I'm going to do the same thing here in Indiana. <laughs> uh, Stephanie Feller. So she's a, uh, she's, you know, again, lifelong friend and the ultimate co-founder of our eventual nonprofit. Um, yeah. So she, she starts a, you know, another meetup group locally over where she's at. And, um, you know, a couple weeks go by and, and we kind of announced it to our networks and, uh, like, Hey guys, we're just doing this thing. If anybody wants to join us, let us know. And without ever meaning to, it just kind of snowballed. And all of a sudden we're getting these like requests and messages from women around the country being like, Oh my God, I've been waiting for this. I didn't know I was waiting for this, but I've been waiting for this and I need this. And thank God. <laughs> and then, so, you know, within, within several weeks, um, of becoming a new mom myself. Um, by the time, like, okay, cause that was October. I think by November I had created the meetup group and by like January, it was a full blown, like all around <laughs> the country people were reaching out like, holy shit, I need this. Um, so yeah, so we just, uh, we just kind of started moving forward from there. That that's awesome. It's so, so it's, it's so cool. It's so grassroots and so, uh, the way it started and also um, kind of the need of how it started. If I, I guess need is the proper term there. So, so as that kind of snowballed, um, actually a lot faster than what I thought you were going to tell me, you know, with a couple, <laughs> a couple months. Um, how, so, so was it, it was it essentially just like a meetup, you know, maybe you get together and just kind of talk or maybe get together and go on these adventures and that kind of stuff. How, how did that, and then how did that kind of turn into uh, Adventure Mama's Initiative and, and what it is today? Yeah. So yeah, the first time we all met up, it was at a local climbing gym here in Salt Lake City. Um, and, and that was just kind of like, let's just connect and see who else is interested in kind of um, pursuing motherhood in this way. And so that was the Salt Lake City group. And I think Stephanie did something similar. So again, it was like, we had no intention of, of systemizing or formalizing anything it was just like okay there's obviously a need there's other people out there I could probably make some friends that sounds good so yeah so super casual initial meetup 
And then, you know, it's like, okay, as the need clearly amplified and as more and more people continue to just express like, okay, this is something that uh, they're interested in, we, we began to form groups. So we were like, okay, well, you know, we'll have the, the Salt Lake City group and we can have the Indianapolis group and we can have this other group and this other group. And then these different moms from around the country, we all banded together to create these consistent groups across the country. And so that was kind of like how it, it, it went for quite a while. And, and, you know, essentially as we expanded, we found, okay, well, it's really hard to um, implement quality control when there's like 30 or 40 groups. You, know, you yeah. can't get in there and know, okay, well, what's happening? And, and what, it, what also became apparent to us was um, there's an element of liability at this point, which, uh, you know, Stephanie is obviously, Stephanie, Stephanie, you know, if anybody's listening and knows Stephanie, they're just going to laugh because like, there's me who's like, I'm going to bike across the country tomorrow. And then there's Stephanie who's like, well, we should probably be thinking about liability. <laughs> and she's, um, she's like just somebody who is so attentive to every detail. She is somebody who manifests dreams because she, she, she knows how to examine the, the nuance, uh, in the details and, and, and breathe life into them. And like, I'm more like, Oh, big picture. Like, okay, adventure mamas, it's a thing. And then she's the one who can come in there and be like, no, like, let's be thoughtful. And so, yeah, so we, we, we kind of, uh, started to get systematic in that way and um so that would have been 2016 so 2016 it was still pretty casual but there was a lot of people interested and by the time 2017 rolled around we decided okay it's very apparent that women around the world because at that point we were getting a lot of global inquiries as well of women just being like how can I do this here you know like there was a group in Germany there was a group in Australia there was a wow. group in yeah, it was every, yeah, like women from everywhere because there was nothing existed like it. Um, so we decided, okay, we should become a nonprofit. You know, obviously you cannot take a group of women, uh, of mothers specifically, and take them into a cathartic space like the wilderness and not see powerful transformative things start to happen. Um, and, and we, we want to make sure that more people can access this. Let's, let's get serious about it. So in 2017, we filed uh, to become a nonprofit and obtained our status that fall. So yeah. Um, and, and then since then, it's like, you know, it's, it's all evolved and changed. Um, every year it's been a little bit different. Uh, so, so we no longer have just like cities across the globe that can be adventure mamas. We eventually broke it up into, okay, well, you know, we're going to be in here in the United States and we are going to have these 13 different groups that cover, you know, these various regions. And yeah, so, you know, it's, it's evolved quite a bit since, since those initial days. That's, well, that, that's awesome though. And <laughs> crazy to, to hear that you know people from uh from other countries and stuff kind of heard about it and like hey what, what about us <laughs> yeah absolutely i know we thought the same thing we're like really okay <laughs> <laughs> you know good excuse to you know go to germany or australia or wherever yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> so so kind of as as it um evolved and you know you mentioned you know you know, getting the, the groups of, of mothers kind of out in, in the wild and kind of seeing these different transformations to that point, what, what sort of 
um, events and, and resources do you, do you offer and kind of like what, uh, of course, bearing a normal year, we're going to scratch 2020 probably, but, uh, <laughs> you know, what, what, I guess, what does what does that kind of look like? You know, what, what things are available, uh, you know, to, to them? Okay. It's such an interesting question. Okay. So here, like, let me tell you about like 2018, for instance, cause that's uh, like, okay, everybody's like canceling 2020 and I'll go into more detail in a minute, but like I'm canceling 2019 too. Uh, for <laughs> but okay. So like 2018, for instance, we hosted a, our second expedition, which was a winter backpacking and intro to mountaineering and ice climbing trip where women from around the country uh, came in and, uh, you know, went through, I think it was like an eight day experience, um, you know, acquiring these different technical skills. And, and so like we did that that year, we did a big festival that fall called the Dirtbag Family Bash where families again from around the country came down to Moab and we all camped and had different workshops and things on site for a weekend. We, there were grassroots events across the country within each of our different regions. So, you know, like, and you might get a group of moms together in Utah and they would all go rock climbing. And then you might have a group in, you know, New England who went out ice climbing. And then you might have a group who went for, you know, a nice hike out in the Pacific Northwest. So, you know, you have all of these different events. We're not, we weren't coordinating those grassroots events, but they were all happening on our platform, you know, because it, we also offered like what we call grassroots leadership training. So uh, again, going back to that thought, like we aren't coordinating the events, but um, with those grassroots leadership trainings, the goal was to empower women to build the community they want locally instead of waiting for an organization to come in and do it for them. So saying, you know, what tools do you need to be a, you know, community engager locally? And so, you know, we, we, we ran a series of those grassroots leadership trainings. It was busy. It was just like the craziest, biggest year. We went down to Ecuador and we, we collaborated with a, a sort of like sister group down there on an event they were hosting so yeah, all sorts of exciting stuff. And then in that fall, after, the weekend after the Dirtbag Family Bash, <laughs> I found out that I was, uh, you know, surprisingly pregnant with my second, which was great. <laughs> we were like, you know, it's funny because I'm like an unexpected pregnancy, but I'm like a full-blown adult and everything. So it's fine, <laughs> but still surprised. But then um, a couple months, well, so then that was, I found out that in October, I guess, or September. Um and then my, my house burned down in January of 2019. And as the executive director and co-founder of the nonprofit and, and still very much being a, a startup organization, uh, we, we essentially lost our headquarters, everything that we had ever acquired on behalf of the organization. And all of a sudden I'm in the middle of this huge personal trauma so I'm like, Oh my gosh. So 2019 I've already canceled. And then now, and then of course, as soon as like 2020 rolled around, I'm like, all right, the baby's here. I, I'm managing everything with the house fire. I jumped in so hard last January and we started planning all of the, you know, these big things. We had a whitewater river trip planned and we had another wilderness, we had a wilderness medicine series we were pursuing and, and then COVID hit. So I'm like, I don't know what normal looks like. I'm like, what does our nonprofit do again? Like, who are we? I don't even know. So it's been... It's been wild to say the very least. Wow. Yeah. And uh, of 
course, sorry to, to hear about um, the, the house loss there. I couldn't imagine that, especially, you know, all your personal belongings and, and everything you worked for with uh, Adventure Mamas and everything. So, um, yeah, couldn't, couldn't, yeah. <laughs> couldn't imagine that. I slept recently, you know, and we said, okay, we just moved into our, we, we rebuilt on the same property and I moved in like last week. So I can like laugh about it this week. If we had done this podcast a couple weeks ago, <laughs> this therapy session, I'd be like, oh, but I'm like, okay, I've slept. I'm back in my house for the first time in two years. And I'm like, it's not so bad. Life isn't so, I mean, life is fine, but you know, it's like, really, it's, it's, a, I can talk about it and like laugh now. Well, yeah. um, I'm sure that's a, a, a nice feeling to finally, <laughs> to, to get back, back home, should you say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so uh, kind of interesting point. So with, you know, some of those, uh, I guess, challenges more or less, um, with uh, both personal and of course, you know, with COVID and stuff, have you found that these kind of groups in these different cities or, or regions or whatnot have stayed connected, you know, the best they can through all this? Like has that, has that kind of spirit continued or maybe even got stronger? I know there was kind of a big, um, it, it seemed at least uh, like in social media news of a big kind of outdoor push once kind of all the COVID stuff hit. Cause you're pretty much alone for the most part, but did you see, see anything like that? Any, benefits if dare I say that word with um COVID but you know what I mean yeah that's tricky you know I I think that I didn't see a big boom and and in fact I think that mothers around the country and probably around the world but I I can't attest that but I know women around the country at least that I um what I've gauged is, is is they were hit harder in in some ways like the toll of the pandemic was almost more severe for for a lot of moms who were forced to kind of adapt in really unprecedented ways just and I don't mean that in a bad way like I know dads and and others were were very much affected but I think in a lot of households moms um had to adapt in really um profound ways in order to 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 secure child care if they were working out of the home or if they you know if the kids used to go to daycare or, you know, whatever it is, you know, from, from what I've found and a lot of the women I've talked to. So I think a lot of people just took a giant mental health um, hit during that time. So, I mean, we saw, we saw action and we, we definitely saw people, um, you know, engaging. And and, and it's interesting because recently I, I felt a lot more, I'm seeing a lot more like people being like, hello world and I can see people like kind of starting to like peek their heads out in the group like are there people there hello hello (laughs) (laughs) and so that's good um but it's tricky because I think that if we had jumped in and pushed it really hard like all right let's get digital we we could have but we were so strapped like the entire organization was so strapped um between my personal uh catastrophe in 2019 and being in the middle of that and that was a multi-year process of to try to rebuild and then the the team we ultimately let our entire volunteer team go we had about 40 women working alongside us and what we found is like okay right now there's just too much uncertainty you know like we can't manage this at this time so 
we actually let our entire volunteer team go. Um, and we were still interacting, but at the same time, like we, we, we weren't comfortable, like really doing much of anything. And we didn't really feel like we had the bandwidth to keep up with it. So, um, yeah, but I know a lot of other organizations did have, uh, did adapt to the digital, uh, to the digital push that was happening and were able to really do some incredible work, but it puts us in a unique position now. And it's like I said, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, okay, you know, two years later, uh, almost to the day, you know, like in terms of like when everything really started to get crazy for me, yeah. um, what does this mean for us and where are we? And, and, it, you know, like aside from just COVID, I think that the, the, the broadening conversation about social justice and about, uh, you know, diversifying the outdoor space, it's something that we've always had on our radar and we've always, you know, tried to create an equitable space. But after the murder of George Floyd last year, it was something that we really, really began to examine and weren't in a rush to implement superficial solutions. And, and so it's been on our radar and something that we've been examining, like when we jump back in, as we prepare to relaunch and reimagine our organization, um, what does it look like in a very holistic way to think about this work in a, an equitable, inclusive, diverse manner? So it's a, it's, um, it's interesting timing. I'm, I'm, I'm really like intrigued as to see, to see kind of like how AMI reengages. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. And, um, and that, and that's a good point too. kind of everything, uh, uh, I guess, unfortunately be the right word kind of converged at once with all these kind of different, different happenings. Um, but, and it's, and it's, it's cool to hear, the way you're thinking about that as well and not like you said, creating some superficial, you know, solution to it, but actually meaningful, you know, however you do move forward. Um, and I was gonna say one thing that I've learned at least from this podcast about you from the beginning is obviously you're very good at solving problems mm -hmm. and just dealing with whatever, whatever's thrown at you. So that's a uh, probably a good, good space for you to be right now with a uh, uh, adventure mama. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I mean, and I don't know what you found, you know, in terms of how the outdoor industry is responding to uh, all of this, all of the, the, the world feels like it feels very different. And it feels like the way that we engage professionally is different between both COVID and, you know, so the social justice reckoning that we're in the, the midst of. And so I'm like, I don't know what your experiences have been, but for us, it's definitely been like, all right, yeah, how can we do better? And, and knowing that, without ever having meant to, we never, you know, it's like we, we, we genuinely try to create an inclusive, welcoming space, but uh, without ever having meant to, like how have we reinforced stereotypes and how have we amplified the barriers that uh, in some ways we've tried to break down, but in other ways, you know, we may have reinforced them. And so I don't know, are you, you know, have you seen that anywhere else? Uh, I mean, from, from what I've seen is kind of everybody's sort of approaching it in a similar way to, to, uh, to to figure out how to kind of have that inclusivity like you said where they weren't necessarily n not that way before but like you said maybe unintentionally have setting some things up or doing things in certain ways like you like kind of where you said where it makes it seem like an extra barrier um to those things so i i mean from like what i from what i've seen is a lot of organizations um like i said that are outdoor oriented are kind of focused on that way and figuring out how to kind of 
bridge, bridge that gap, if you will. So, um, which, which is, which is good, you know, um, that everybody's sort of heading in that decision and trying to be mindful about it as, as well. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, to be, to be, to be genuine about it. So, um, so, so to, to that point, sort of, I guess, moving forward, do you you all have any, any big plans or anything for this coming year as, you know, maybe some, some things start to slow down um, as far as COVID stuff goes and kind of moving forward with everything? Um, Big plans probably wouldn't be big, big probably isn't the right adjective. Um, (laughs) But I guess what I could say, which feels a bit big is that we're, planning again right That's, I mean yeah, in that yeah. case, <laughs> after two years uh, of kind of being like uh, what's happening where are we what's going on um, we're talking again and but, well, our, our team our board especially we've been connected throughout these, these past you know two years and especially over last year um, through COVID um, we've, we've been talking but but really hesitant to talk in terms of action items and plan them in a more literal way so at this point I'm like I, you know I'm like I don't I don't know exactly what is going to manifest but I know that we're prepared to to start moving again and that feels really good um, you know because it can be really easy to act for the sake of acting. And I think for plenty of, for, 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 there's been plenty of times when I've done that, we're like, okay, well, we just need to be doing something. Um, but as an organization that is dedicated to wellness and to health and, um, you know, we really just tried to practice what we've preached and say, okay, right now we have to focus internally. We have to focus on ourselves. And so, yeah, uh, no big plans, but we're planning. So I'll report back, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, we'll see where we're at in a couple, even like literally a couple of weeks, I think we'll probably have a clear outline as to um, where we want to exert our energy. Yeah, no, no, that, that totally makes sense. And, and like you said, I, I think, like I said, once again, get, given everything, you know, just being able to get back into that planning phase is a huge step um, for, for a lot of people. So it's cool to, to hear kind of that coming back. So sort of, sort of to, to that point almost, um, you know, with, and I guess even more different now, like you said, kind of the, the changing in, um, uh, you know, maybe the mental wellness or, or whatnot from, you know, mom staying at home with the kids and transitioning and all that and kind of, kind of that whole transition that was last year. What, what kind of advice would, would you give to, you know, a mom out there? Maybe, and like I said, maybe it's somebody who's maybe expecting a child. Maybe it's someone who's just, just had a child um, or, you know, maybe, you know, they have a six-year-old at home. What, what kind of advice would you give them to uh, kind of have that encouragement to get back out and kind of find that um, kind of that freedom in that, that headspace almost, you know, that they had before, um, with everything. Yeah. You know, I think that's a great question. I I think what comes to mind is, is to just remind people that adventure is entirely subjective and that there is no formula 
to be adventurous and there is no formula as to what equates to a, an adventure. And, and I think that when you stop putting boundaries and parameters on those experiences and try to qualify them to be hardcore enough or badass enough or whatever it is, um, and you just allow yourself to have experiences, you just start saying yes to experiences, you know, that is when you can find, you know, joyful, uh, you, 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 you can find joy and you can find more meaning in the, the endeavor, endeavors that you undertake. So I think that would be like a big part of it is just don't compare yourself to others because there is no limit as to, uh, you know, as to where that could end. You know, everybody has a starting point and, and, and it, it is a constant ebb and flow, especially as a mother, you know, the um, pregnancy and the postpartum experience, you know, it'll, it'll kind of bring you up and it'll bring you down. And, and that continues as your children age. And so you have to have a lot of grace and you have to continually allow the concept of adventure to evolve. You know, don't be obtuse in terms of like, oh, that wasn't cool enough. That wasn't hardcore enough. I didn't get the right pictures. I didn't have the right equipment. You know, it's like, just, just get out there in whatever way feels joyful to you at that time. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a great perspective. You know, like you said, it's adventure means something different to everybody. So don't put yourself in somebody else's box and just kind of reframe that that whole viewpoint. What um, and and so to that point, um, where can people find you all online to see what you're planning? <laughs> um, but social media, website, kind of all that stuff, um, and and kind of kind of learn more about everything that you're up to. And like I said, to to follow you and kind of see see where you're headed in the future. Yeah, so you can find us on social media at uh, Adventure Mamas um, across most platforms or at our website, adventuremamas.org. And so, uh, you know, it'll, it, we're expecting a lot of information and content to be produced, especially over these next so many weeks. You're literally the first person I've talked to about Adventure Mamas in what feels like forever. So, you know, anybody listening now, you guys will get like the first first views of, of where we're going post uh covid and post social reckoning and post fire so uh it, it's it's good timing to tune back in that's awesome well well i'm first of all I'm, i feel honored to uh <laughs> to do that now knowing that as well so i'm excited uh, i was excited in the first place but it's, it's cool to be that first uh the media outlet i don't know if that's the right term but sort of seems fitting uh but um anyways everyone definitely uh check out their website check out their their social um and see what they're up to see what they're up to you know for the coming year and, and years afterwards obviously um you know as she explained there's a there was a need back in, in 2015, 2016, it kind of exploded and some things kind of happened, but there's, there's still that need. So the community that you're fostering and fostered um, is awesome around that. But uh, Justine, thank you again for being on today's podcast. Um, and I, uh, I wish you, you all the best of luck uh, in the coming year. Thank you so much for having me. You, you have a great, exciting rest of your year as well, especially as the weather continues to warm. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you've made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life emotion. Until next time.